Over two decades ago, Wyoming surpassed Kentucky as the country's number one coal-producing state and has kept that title ever since. The steady and sharp increase in demand for the state's comparably cleaner coal wasn't due to obvious factors like market forces or labor costs. It was brought on largely by federal environmental regulations. And now, a series of new regulations are changing the industry even more. Inside Energy's Lee Patterson reports. <laughs> it's going to tell me to add paper. Robert Henning is an historian at a small county museum in northeastern Wyoming. He's photocopying old newspaper clippings for me. This is from the Gillette News Record, uh, the local paper. With headlines like riches from the ground and... I believe a special section called the Powder River Energy Story. It's from June 1975. The 1970s marked an important era for Wyoming coal, basically its birthday. It all started with the first ever federal law to tackle air pollution, the Clean Air Act of 1970 and the amendments that followed. In its wake, demand for Wyoming's low sulfur coal skyrocketed and jobs did too. In 1970, Wyoming employed just 621 coal miners. A decade later, more than 6,000. It's called Campbell County Coal, one environmentalist. As we look through the old news clippings, today, coal is still the number one source of American electricity. But Robert Henning is concerned. Who knows what is in the future of the energy industry? Um, so to have this document and record about what happened here in Gillette is, is very important. That uncertainty about the future is a feeling shared in coal-producing states all across the country these days, especially with a new set of regulations called the Clean Power Plan. The Environmental Protection Agency's proposal aims to cut carbon emissions from existing power plants. And although the rule won't be finalized until this summer, coal country lawmakers are fighting back. Here's Wyoming Governor Matt Mead. In the coming years, we don't need to let up, we need to double down. We must assure coal's continuity. This fear, this fight, is strongly tied to the fact that many coal-fired power plants are already partially or fully shutting down. At least five have closed already this year. And it's not just because of the clean power plan. Even before that, factors like new mercury regulations on power plant emissions have been mixing with market forces like cheaper natural gas and the rising cost of mining coal. It's all sowing anxiety in homes like this one. Come on, ladies. This is the house of many noises. Coal miner Beverly Bauman and her husband, Rick Swanson, live in Rosette, a town in Wyoming's remote, coal-rich Powder River Basin. In the early 70s, Swanson helped build a mine in that basin called Black Thunder. It was the biggest construction project I ever worked on. And I was just a little old tiny piece of it, you know. It's now the largest coal mine in the United States. Beverly worked in the industry as well, and that's where she met Rick. Fact is, when we finally got married, people go, you did? I thought you guys were going to stay shacked up forever. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, the industry has been good for them and their large extended family, steady work and fair pay. Nationally, coal production and employment is down, but Wyoming, so far, hasn't really suffered. Still, what do they see for the future of coal? Rick and I came here and we, we ended up in the sweet part of, the, of life. But the kids that I'm seeing come to work for the mines now, 
I tell them, are you really sure this is what you want to do? Because this job might not be here. None of Beverly and Rick's children went into mining, but their nephew, Philip Karstens, did. As he plays a board game with his son, Philip explains that he moved to Wyoming from California eight months ago for a coal mining job that he loves. But his son may not follow in his footsteps. The way things are, probably won't be around that long. These worries are real. And although the substantial regulatory threats to the industry are being challenged in court, if history is any judge, they are likely to eventually prevail in some form. For Inside Energy, I'm Lee Patterson.